Dr. John, come, come please. And uh, tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like you to stand with me for a moment. And in gratefulness to the Lord and joy to the Lord and thankfulness to the God, to the God I'd love you to give a warm welcome and, and thankful a round of applause for our general superintendent who's served for 24 plus years, almost 25. And uh, would you give him a round of applause? He doesn't like that. And I know he doesn't like that, but it's the, the gracefulness for which he has led and the faithfulness to God is worthy of that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you anoint your servant, one of my greatest friends in all the world. Would you anoint, Heavenly Father, him with the freedom to speak, the strength that comes from your word, and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Brian, anything else I need to do on this? Test. Anything else on here? Okay, you're good to go. Hey, all right. Man, it's great to be alive, isn't it? Even better to be alive in Christ. I'm missing Pam this morning already because uh, she was always one who smiled and responded and, and ex- expressed things from her heart. She came to our church when she was a college student, and I remember how much fun it was to get connected with her at that point in time. Well, in the midst of the celebrations of life and death, there's one constancy, and that is the power and the grace of the living God through Christ. Would you turn in your Bibles to Mark's Gospel? Mark's Gospel. And by the way, this is a handoff time. I'm so thankful for my brother Wayne Evans who was here last week. He and I are in kind of like one of those places in a marathon when, well, actually it's more like a, a relay race. And I'm going to continue to run as, as well as I can these next few weeks. But he's right behind me and I'm going to hand off. And he's going to take it from there. And we are together in the body of Christ, helping each other, blessing each other. I want to speak to you this morning about a subject that's going to sound weird. Here's the subject from the Bible. Giving thanks for other people's blessings. Say it with me out loud. Giving thanks for other people's blessings. Stand up, would you please? Here's the word. Mark chapter 3. The context is the synagogue, the healer is Jesus, and the needy person is somebody like us. You ready? Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand, or withered hand, a paralyzed hand, was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched Jesus closely to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained what? Silent. Chicken hearts. What's wrong with them? About time to speak up and tell the truth, isn't it? But they didn't. (laughs) He looked around at them in anger. Now, Jesus doesn't get ticked off very often. And it's not an impetuous, sinful anger. It's a righteous indignation. He looked at them with anger, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. I I want to read that one more time. If that's a blessing, 
I hear that yell. I want you to clap and say amen one way or two. Ready? Get ready now. You've got to do something. You can't, just, you can't just not do anything. Ready? He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Amen? amen. That's, I love it when that happens right away, don't you? I love those immediate healings. Don't always happen that way. Then the Pharisees went out and began to praise God with all their hearts. You know what happened? This is unbelievable. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Lord, help us. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see you for who you are, high and lifted up, but also imminent and intimate. Help us to respond to the word of God this morning that pierces our hearts and brings transformation, not just interesting discussion. Lord, lead us the feet of Jesus, and help us to want to go. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Some time ago, some dear, dear people in our life were given a free car, brand new free car, to use in ministry. It was a tremendous, unexpected blessing. I asked them how it was going, whether they enjoyed it or not, and they said this with, without any resentment. They just said factually. They said, well, it's been really interesting. When people find out we've been given a free car, there are basically one of two responses. The first response is, <laughs> nobody ever gave me a free car. And the second response is, we are so happy for you. Self-absorption is the enemy of gratitude. Keeps us tied up with ourselves. And caring about other people and giving thanks for other people's blessings is one of the best ways to develop a grateful heart. Here comes the prodigal son. Dad's been looking for him, waiting for him, watching for him. And the prodigal, the sinful, rebellious, self absorbed son, finally learns that he's in bad shape and he needs to come home. He comes home, and what a tremendous thrill it is for the father to see the son, not just physically, but spiritually change. Hey, Dad, I'm so sorry. I know. I've been wrong. I've sinned against you. The father is so glad about the new life in his son as a father should be. He says, let's have, let's have the best kind of party we can have. Let's go to the father's house. Let's have a celebration that we will never forget. Because why? He was lost, and now he's found. And his younger brother says, Ah, humbug, which is Aramaic for we don't like this. <laughs> because, you see, it's not me. I didn't get the party. I didn't get the car. I'm self-absorbed and I need very little. No wonder I, I don't have any thanks in my heart because I can't give, give any thanks to anybody else except me and mine. God wants to do something about that kind of heart in you and me. He did it with me. This weekend has been a tremendous blessing to just open up to a new part of his word. Flip your essence. Here's the first one. Sinful. Sinful. That's the place where you worship. It's the place where they have the scrolls. They didn't have a little pocket Bible to carry with you. You wanted to read the word of God? You went to the synagogue because that's where they kept it. That's the place 
for communion with him. Lord, that worship is really about spitting and truth, being tested. And you know what? According to Luke's gospel, Jesus went to the synagogue, as was his custom. If you and I need a good reason to come to worship, that's enough. Jesus knew all about the word. He was the word. But he went to the synagogue in corporate worship to reinforce the importance of gathering together and, and listening to the word of God, worshiping, celebrating. Service. He did it. There they were in the synagogue, and the man who had the withered hand showed up because he decided maybe there's some help for me at that place with that guy named what's his name Yeshua. He's going to be there. What can it hurt? I got a bad hand. Maybe he can help. I'm not going to go inside. They don't like my touch. Sad and discouraged that my hands are nice. Didn't used to be, but it is now. And so he showed up at the synagogue. Mark this in your heart, write it in your soul. Anytime we have genuine communion with God, we always have compassion for people. Anytime we have genuine, legitimate, authentic communion with God, real, not just I worship and I feel good about it, but I'm in touch with the living God because he's in touch with me. We always have compassion. They didn't have it. They didn't care about him. They cared about something else. Self and head. Second group, the Sabbath. Sabbath. Synagogue and Sabbath. That's the second one. The Sabbath is meant to be a holy day, and we've kind of lost that in America. We're on the libertarian side where anything goes. That's not right. That's not biblical. I would encourage you to make sure that in your family and in your own personal life, do as much as you can to make the Sabbath a really holy, different day, set apart for worship. I'm so glad you're here, by the way. You didn't have to come here, but I'm so glad you're here. Are you okay being here? Because today is a different day. Set aside for different purposes. Recreation. Worship. Rest. But they got carried away. The Sabbatarians. They love their rules more than they love people or God. Because rules make us feel like we're in charge. And so they were so fanatical about the Sabbath and so critical of other people that they broke the seventh day and catch somebody. This is a great opportunity to catch Jesus doing something which is uh, maybe something we could prosecute. Because we're getting tired of this guy. He's got bigger crowds than we do. We don't like that. Second rule. And so they said, on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, if a house falls on somebody's head, you can lift it off so they don't die, but you can't treat their wounds until the next day because that's too much work. How ridiculous. But you know, sometimes in our circle, people get so in love with our rules that we can actually, without even knowing it, and we didn't know what they were doing most of the time, love our rules and we love people. That was the tragedy of the Sabbatarian legalistic obsession. And here's this guy on the side with a bad hand. He doesn't care about the details of the law. He cares about help for a problem that has rendered him really frustrated and useless.
word stretch, the third S. Um, I hope I get that S right here. What's that third S? That's an ugly word. Who wants to have a shriveled ending to it? He didn't. And in fact, the word suggests pretty strongly that this is not a condition he was born with. It was an atrophy. It could be an accident. It could be an illness. And tradition says, we're not sure of this, but tradition says he was actually a brick mason. And Dr. Luke, who's a physician, in his book in the sixth chapter says it was the man's right hand. And so probably he's in a position of not being able to provide for his family. Looks for it. This isn't just a little inconvenience. This is my life. My wife doesn't even respect me anymore. My kids look at me and say, that guy's terrible. I don't want him here. They got ridiculed. What happens when we have a weakness is sometimes people make fun of us. Because there's something in our hearts that's not right. Like uh, tears in the eyes. Claw hand. He was in pain. No doctor could heal him. But he showed up at the synagogue on the Sabbath, which is when they get together, and he brought along that which he could not leave behind. Atrophy. Withered. Shriveled. What's Jesus do? He says, would you folks who are watching so maliciously, so critically, so ready to pounce and convict us of violating some precious rule of yours. Wouldn't it be better to, to save life or to kill myself? And he was silent, react all the time talked all the time about negativity and enforcement and ritualism and legalism. Who wasn't good, who was in, who was out and who wasn't. And he talked about people in ways that were critical. He talked about Jesus. Let's get him. He's making us really look bad. They talked all the time. When it comes opportunity to say something constructive, they were silent. God help us. He continues to say more. You ever notice with the kids, with other kids, Other people's families, not ours. Um, sometimes when one of the siblings does something wrong, they can hardly wait to tell you, Daddy, you know what he did? Because we sure don't get it, right? You know what he did? So they like to tell on each other sometimes. And then when you say, now, can you tell me something you did about your brother? That's these guys. They're grown-up kids. They're self-absorbed. They don't care about these businesses. They care about appearances and importance and control and rules and themselves. Unfortunately. And can I just stop for a second and tell you, in my heart and my soul today, ministry we're involved in together here and around the world is about relationships. And through the tougher times and the easy times, whatever it is that God allows us to go through, to walk with each other in faith and in love and obedience, sometimes in repentance. 
Jerusalem, and I am turning the corner again and coming back. Thank you for your gracious and Holy Spirit. Stand up now. Why in the world would Jesus Christ ask somebody who feels embarrassed to stand up in front of everyone? Oh, great. Now they get a really good view. At least I could hide out over here and hide my arm. Now I want to stand up. You know why? Because if you care more about your pride than about Jesus, you're in trouble. And if you're willing, if I'm willing to humble myself and say, Lord, I don't care what I look like, if it means coming to you, I'll bring whatever I've got, no matter how crazy it looks to people around me. Not to be a show-off, not to be an egocentric, living-for-me guy, but to simply say, Lord, if you call me to stand up for you, it's my privilege, no matter how embarrassing it would be. can't stretch it out. That's why I can't. I can't. Stretch it out. Here's the deal. Because I know he has the power. Don't give him what you don't have. Give him what you do have. And so I can imagine him grabbing that right hand with his left hand and saying, okay, uh, they call him master, they call him teacher, they call him Jesus. Here it comes. And here it goes. You know, the sense of humor really helps. So you, it's okay to laugh if you need to laugh. This thing that, that, that causes it to shake sometimes. If I'm driving on the road and my steering wheel starts to shake, I'll be behind it. And then it just goes, does it? <laughs> or if, if I see a sign, like, like I saw some time ago over a door going up the street that says, be swift and make my mark. I say, I'd love to. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Or if somebody says, oh, this is a drink for us to shake well before serving. I'm your guy. Just put it right here, baby. I'll shake it for you. Enjoy life. Enjoy the fact that we have, all of us have adjustments. All of us have limitations. Don't feel sorry for yourself. The worst thing in the world that kills our spirit and kills our soul is self-pity and self-absorption. And so when the man stretches it out, he stretches out his hand to the one who loves him. Jesus took that hand and said, son, 
himself. What happened to your hand, don't let it happen to your soul. Because the worst witheredness and the worst shriveledness and the worst paralysis was of those who thought they were okay. They had a shriveled love for people. They had a withered compassion for other people. They had a tiny little concept of God that was way too small and legalistically tied up in a bundle that's hard to remove. Look at Jesus. Cheryl and I were in Thailand a couple of weeks ago for a ministry time. I had the privilege of speaking for a little while in Hustang Temple. By the way, just just to let you know, not because I'm so important, but just because some of you probably know this, I'll tell you. We're not retired. We're transferring to some new responsibilities. I'll be teaching at a seminary in the North Carolinas from time to time, down through students in ministry. That's a real intensive thing where you get ready for several weeks. You're there 40 hours face-to-face, and you're here. And you finish up in four days. I love that. serve as Bhutan's coach for a ministry of about 50 churches in Bhutan. I serve as a coach for a lady there whose name is Rupak Kumar. Just met him in Thailand. He's a great guy. I love him. Where are you getting her stuff from? Rupak. Let's pray for her. Beginning a, a, sort of a global network of Christian leadership development. It'll involve lots of countries. I'm going to do some of that as well. And I serve as director of the International Council of Churches around the world. We had 170,000 people in worship this weekend in a big effect temple. God healed them. I think I'm okay. In Thailand, Cheryl and I were there. It is not comfortable, but it's a lot of fun. Have you ever been on an airplane uh, on purpose? <laughs> but what happened was, went along the roadside in a village. It was like half an hour ride. It was a great time. We got 15 feet, I suppose. This elephant was incredibly active. Don't forget, it's in this stasis mixture. You know, it's just like, so I was amazed Cheryl and I both. And out of her pocket, she dropped her lipstick. We're going back to the starting point. And the trainer who's riding on the neck of this thing stops the elephant and in whatever language he was speaking he says go get it your lipstick he puts his trunk down there and you know got that snorts on it a few times it really goes on it goes on so smoothly now I I didn't realize (laughs) 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 smooth as so she threw it away you know that but here's here's the rest of it I said honey there's a there's a there's a lid Should I hasten to point out, in the road there are several other things that could be picked up by an elephant. <laughs> that huge elephant, since that little messy trunk, had brought back the lid, the handle. You know, you're saying thank you for an elephant. Here's the stupid little point I want to make with you. It's not so stupid. He had to pay attention. Right? Would you pay with me as much attention to the word of God as you pay with your lipstick? What is stupid is stupid. What is saying is several things. Number one, 
every time we really worship, really worship in spirit and truth, and we get in touch with God and we open our hearts and we're receptive, not just hardened and used to, I know what's coming next, I know all the songs, but say, Lord, break me, speak to me, break up my routines, my rules, my rituals, my hardness of heart, my critical spirit, my preoccupation with something else. Lord, just speak to my condition right now and, and come and be real for me. We really worship in spirit and truth. We always, always, always have more compassion for people than we have for ourselves. They didn't, tragically, because they didn't really get anything. They got self-absorption. Secondly, a healthy heart means that Jesus Christ can correct us. He looked at them and he said, with anger, he said, you're stubborn of heart. That means ferocious of heart, ferocious. It means they were callous toward people, toward God. They weren't tender. Tenderness, men especially, is not a weakness. Tenderness is a strength under the heart of Jesus. When they had ferocious of heart, it meant that they couldn't be touched by other people's needs. Are you kidding me? The guy in the corner with a bad hand, we see him all the time. Get him out of here. We have come to find rest. How many of us have come to find rest? A healthy heart also means I have the grace of God to grow in my ability, my willingness, my capacity to give thanks to everybody else. What's the appropriate response for these guys? These guys that supposedly know God so well. When they see Jesus touch him, the appropriate response is, go, Jesus, let's go. Yes. Do you love it when Jesus touches somebody else's life? Or just yours? The trouble in Rwanda, in part, through the years has been that the Christian nation, when there was bloodshed, about a million people killed in tribal warfare, Part of it, I, I say this gently, but part of the problem was the faith was so personalized. It's for me and my family and my good and my salvation and my future and my heaven and my hope. And what about you? What about us? What about the body of Christ? What about my life being glad for your life? So it's not just self-absorbed. The most the selfish man in the history of the world What was the appropriate response for the big brother? Maybe to say, Dad, it kind of kind of makes me wonder you never had a party for me. That's okay. Tell him that. But then to go beyond that and say, as the Spirit of God helps us, I am so, <laughs> I am so glad my brother's home. He's in bad shape. He might have been in bad shape. And by the grace of God, he's changing. And then, Dad, I'm so glad for you and Mom. Celebrating God's loving. I give God thanks for the blessings in my brother's life. What is withered and remains? What used to be healthy and now is shriveled and dead. Is it your love for a friend? 
some of the weaknesses I can already feel. And I've got some memories that maybe hurt you. Maybe they hurt you. And you don't get it. And you don't show up. And you open your soul and say, Jesus himself, you know, you know all about him. You can quote the scriptures. You know where the stuff is found. You know what they're going to say next about him sometimes. And all we get so predictable, like autopilot on a big plane. You're just a passenger. And along comes the Holy Spirit in a Thanksgiving weekend like this. And he says to me and he says to you, wake up. Recover your first love. Not that Jesus is a mascot or there's something in your life that shriveled up when you got hurt by somebody at work and you're not sure I spoke with a Chinese leader not long ago near there and one of his great brothers was with him for a while and one somebody told me he said did you, did you have time for me to tell you about my mom I said sure he said, my mother had a hard case. When she was just a young girl, I think maybe just 13, 14, 15, she went to a Christian youth group in China. Now, this is way back in the day of the 50s. But my mother, he said, went to a Christian youth group in China. She was a teenager. She had high hopes. She heard good things about this. And somebody made fun of her in that Christian youth group. They ridiculed her and hurt her feelings badly. She walked out of that youth group. She said, I'm never going back there. Damn those Christians. And that kind of stuck with me. She said, man, is that tough? Is that tough? And he said, what was worse is she was a miserable adult. She was really, really harsh with my father. Almost all the years I can remember as a kid, she was really hard on him, displaced aggression. And now he said, my father's dead. And my mother feels kind of badly about being so tough on him all those years. She goes to the Buddhist temple almost every day, hoping to get some peace for him in the afterlife that he didn't have here. That's where she is. Back and forth to that Buddhist temple, talking to somebody who's not even there in the spirit world. Withered. You know, hope for something like that, you better believe there is. One hand is how to heal the hand is how to heal the soul of a man. But the deal is, he says to you and me as well, stand up in front of the world. Don't be ashamed. Because our pride needs to be put to the test for Jesus to be faithful. And then stretch it out. Don't just hold it back and say, okay, Jesus, do your thing. Heal me, baby. Get it out of there out of that hiding place. And if you don't have a good hand, then just will it out, baby. Just will it out, son. You got it, baby. Everything, I, I don't mind you. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
righteous ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I need to hear the word healed. I said it's not God. And it healed me like that. thanksgiving for everything, not just us, but everything else. Our hearts overflow with thankfulness, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. But let me just read to you again. Rachel Moran, if you're in the prayer team, I think maybe it's okay. Could you just play the instrument? Is that all right? I'm going to ask you in just a moment to do something that somebody in church has asked people to do. And this is going to sound crazy. Your first reaction would be to say, not me. It's, it's not jumping jacks, not to fall on the floor or anything like that. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that I'm unable to do this week. I'm going to do it because the Lord is on the screen. The Lord's preparing us to hear him. The only kind of preaching that makes any sense is the kind that changes the preacher. Because I like to preachies. And I had to sit in that. I don't know about you, I'd like to go with anybody. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you this morning. used to be healthier. It isn't as healthy now. Probably took care of people or something. You know what it is. I'm going to ask you to stand up in just a moment before Jesus. Yes, Lord God. You know who I am. And this is what we wanted. Jesus, you are just as powerfully present here as you were in the synagogue 2,000 years ago. Perhaps more powerfully present than the resurrection grace. And this is not a sad, sad place to be. It's a wonderful place to be in your presence. Your word corrects us, transforms us, saves us, nourishes us, heals us, sets us free. Aren't we sad about that? So, Lord, right at this moment, I pray you speak to our condition. Somebody here has a part of life that's withered, needs to be healed, and set free to grow healthily. You know what it is, Lord, to be in a wonderful standard of you. Help us not to be afraid to stand up and say, Lord, here I am. Touch my life. Powerfully heal my life. If that's you, stand up right now. Don't be ashamed. Say, Lord, I want to give you part of my life that needs to be restored and healed.
something old, something new, something against people, something against you. Who knows what it is? God does. Right now is the moment. You will find healing grace when you obey God as you've never found it before. He's calling us. Stand where you are right now and ask yourself, Pastor, would you do this instead of just holding someone that could really mean the world? Anybody else? This is the moment. Just stand right up. Let me pray just a moment for you. Father, in the name and the present grace of Jesus. Lord, take a heal. Cleansing. Restoration. Fresh grace. New hope. The freedom that's alive at this moment in Jesus. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Generosity that gives thanks and everything of blessing. Gives thanks to you as we offer with giving perfectness. We delight in your presence. We rejoice in your goodness. We revel in your grace to you. Let's all stand together now. Let's pray. If you would like to come and kneel, see if that would help you. Sometimes it does. Would Jesus feel free to come? Don't come because I call you, come because Jesus calls you. With the altar is wide open. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's sing it. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your Bow your heads with me. Now all glory to God. Amen. Who's able to keep us from falling away and will bring us with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. It's always by his grace. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time, in the present and beyond all time. Amen and amen. Go with Jesus with all your heart. So good to be with you this morning. God bless you. If I could have all the guys to help with uh, chairs, tables, and uh, just to put everything away, dishes that you have, pick up at the counter.